Elijah Moore's second season in the NFL was a complete disaster. Is having Aaron Rodgers at quarterback what he needs to save his career? We'll talk about it today on the Locked On Jets podcast. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, this is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Tuesday, March 21st, 2023, and I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. Thanking you for making this show your first listen or first watch every day. This podcast is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. If you like what you see or hear, hit the subscribe button where you're watching or listening so that you'll never miss an episode. If you're listening on a podcast source, please give the show a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube, please give this episode a big thumbs up. These things help the channel out and help other Jets fans find Locked On Jets. We are still waiting. No trade for Aaron Rodgers yet, although all signs continue to point to, to the future Hall of Fame quarterback eventually joining the New York Jets at some point this offseason. Today I want to talk about the impact Aaron Rodgers could have on three young players on the Jets offense. Can Aaron Rodgers save Elijah Moore? I think that's the first question. Now, Elijah Moore entered the NFL with a lot of excitement. Uh, you, you may remember if you were listening to Locked On Jets back in 2021, I was really fired up. I think I may have been more fired up about the Elijah Moore pick than any other player the Jets drafted that year. And the excitement continued into training camp because that year, if you were listening to Jets training camp reports, all the talk was about how special Elijah Moore looked in, in those early practices. And then, as you may remember, again, if you're a longtime listener, I probably jinxed him because the day that I went to Jets training camp, he got injured. I saw him walking off the field with some trainers. And he got off to a bit of a slow start in his career, but really began to pick things up midway through the season, which, unfortunately, if you're looking back, maybe not so coincidentally, coincided with Zach Wilson leaving the lineup. And then Moore ended his rookie season a little bit early. He had some injury issues. He had a bout with covid Expectations were big entering year two. In fact, the Jets were not super active last year at the wide receiver position in the offseason. Now, they did, of course, try to trade for Tyreek Hill. And, of course, they drafted Garrett Wilson 10th overall. But the Jets did not make as big of a swing as I was hoping for or expected them to make last year at the receiver position. I was expecting the Jets, or at least I wanted the Jets, to go all out, to just go after every everybody who was an impact player who was available. I thought the Jets should have been in on last offseason. They passed on that, and I think one of the big reasons is they were expecting big things in year two for Elijah Moore. Of course, as we know, though, sometimes a rookie between year one and year two doesn't develop the way you're hoping he will. There are lots of rookies who show you something and look good for rookies. I always think looking good for a rookie is different than looking good overall. I think Elijah Moore in 2021 was good for a rookie. Good for a rookie means that you know, you're not always the most consistent player, but you have your moments, and you flash. And you have games where you, you say, you know what, if that guy could put it together like that full-time, we really got something here. But you want the guy to develop. You want the guy to grow head into, heading into year two. Denzel Mims was like that as rookie year. Denzel Mims had some really solid games as a rookie. Now, Mims, of course, only played half his rookie season because he was dealing with multiple injuries. But Mims' year two was a disaster. 
And I think you can have to say Elijah Moore's second season was a disaster as well. Different disasters. I don't think Moore's was as bad as Mims. Moore at least had his moments on like Mims. You know, Mims was really giving you nothing aside from maybe like one catch against the Bills in a key moment this past year over the last two years. Moore got off to a decent enough start this season. His first four games were solid, but then as the Jets offense moved, focusing more on Brees Hall in, the, in around October, Moore was kind of phased out of the passing game and, of course, did not respond to it well, demanding a trade. Eventually, he came back to the team, but he, you know, aside from, you know, he had a game against Chicago where he played well. There were a few moments, a few flashes, but it just really did not happen for Elijah Moore, and it was the type of year where it almost makes you reconsider everything about this player. I mean, there are years where maybe the player doesn't doesn't take the next step. This was a year where Elijah Moore, you may, you wonder what his future is in the NFL. Now, part of it may have been, I'm not sure whether this is the case, but you may remember last year, he came into training camp really bulked up. And sometimes that is, this happens with a smaller, less physical guy is that they try, and sometimes the team plays into this, they try and compensate for you know, lack of size by bulking up Try and try and you know, try and improve the weak part of your game. So if you're not that strong, you, you come in with more muscle, but that can backfire on you. Sometimes you bulk up too much, and sometimes you know you're you're not as fast or as explosive. Now I don't know whether that's exactly what happened with Elijah Moore, but I will say, anecdotally, when I reviewed the film, it did not just seem to me like Elijah Moore was the same explosive player he was as a rookie. As a rookie, I mean, there were moments where he seemed like a threat to take it to the house when he got the ball in space, you know, no matter what the situation was. He never looked as fast in year two to me. Now, of course, part of this just may have been Elijah Moore was not focused mentally, because in the NFL, if you are not 100% focused, 100% committed, it's not going to work for you. And that's one of the things that sets the NFL apart from college football. You know, in college, you can just dominate on pure ability. You don't necessarily need to work... Uh, you don't necessarily need to, to work nonstop. You don't necessarily need to use great technique. You can be kind of zoned out because the talent discrepancy between the good players and the bad players is so great that you can dominate just on pure talent. It doesn't work that way in the NFL. In the NFL, you got everybody's got talent. The thing, and this is one thing I should get out of the habit of, because I, I have a habit of saying, you know, this guy's not that good. Everybody in the NFL is really good. I mean, if you're in the NFL, odds are you were the best player on your on the field most of the most of the for most of your life. I mean, the, you were one of the best players in your conference if you're in the NFL. You were one of the elite players, one of the you know, if not the best player on your team, one of the best players on your team. It's a virtual guarantee. The guys in the NFL are like the elite of the elite. A practice squad NFL player has unimaginable talent. And the reason I'm making this point is that it doesn't matter you know how fast you are. It doesn't matter how you know strong you are it doesn't matter any skill you want to talk about to succeed in the nfl you also have to work and you have to have your head on straight and there were many moments last year where elijah moore really just did not seem like he was all in with the jets did not seem like he was committed and i think when you get a quarterback like aaron Rodgers, it can go one of two ways because rogers you know is notorious for being a difficult quarterback to work with he's especially has a he especially has a reputation for being impatient with young receivers now not always the case. There are young receivers who can earn his trust. I think last year, Christian Watson was a receiver over the course of the season, started to gain Rodgers' trust. But there are other receivers out there who, you know, he's got a reputation for freezing out young receivers who don't please him, who, you know, don't pick up his signals quickly enough, who, you know, who maybe drop passes. It happens. You know, Aaron Rodgers, and this, is, this happens with a lot of players who are at the top of their profession. They demand a lot. They demand a lot from, from their receivers because they expect excellence. So 
The question is what happens with Elijah Moore here, because that second season was disturbing. I, I, I don't see how you can come away from Elijah Moore's second season and feel particularly confident in him going forward. And it could be a situation where maybe he's just checked out. I don't know. But if you need him to check back in, maybe getting Aaron Rodgers is what you need. Maybe that's going to redouble Elijah Moore's commitment to the team. Maybe Elijah Moore's going to feel, you know, like feel really fired up to play again. Because I think one thing that's become clear is that there were some issues going on with Zach Wilson that went far beyond what we saw on the field. That's one thing that seems to be coming increasingly clear with the Jets. So, and I'm sure, you know, look, if Elijah Moore goes back to being that guy we saw in October and November of 2021, Aaron Rodgers is going to like him a lot. You know, he's going to make Aaron Rodgers' life a lot easier. But will Elijah Moore recommit? Will Elijah Moore do what the Jets need him to do? I think that, you know, that's a question, and it's something worth watching. But Elijah Moore is not the only young receiver on the Jets worth watching this year. So is Garrett Wilson. As we continue on this Tuesday episode of the Locked on Jets podcast, we'll talk about the potential Aaron Rodgers effect with the reigning Offensive Rookie of the Year of the NFL. This episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. I'm still not going to place any money on when Aaron Rodgers will be traded to the Jets. I think we're all expecting it. At some point, it's probably going to happen. Well, there's other things to look at in sports right now. The tournament is heating up, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers and even threes drained. Plus, FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This is the Locked On Jets podcast on this Tuesday, talking about the potential Aaron Rodgers effect with some key young players the Jets have on their team. Elijah Moore had a disappointing 2022. You cannot say the same thing about Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson had a phenomenal 2022, went over 1,100 yards and won the Offensive Rookie of the Year, helped make the Jets only the third team to have both the Offensive Rookie of the Year and the Defensive Rookie of the Year. What could happen between Aaron Rodgers and Garrett Wilson? Well, I think, you know, the obvious statement is you're looking for a jump from Garrett Wilson from year one to year two. I worry a little bit that we may be taking it for granted because it doesn't always work that way. But Garrett Wilson's different from an Elijah Moore or a Denzel Mims in 2020. You know, I think with with Elijah Moore or Denzel Mims, we were taking the good flashes and we were kind of extrapolating them over the course of a season. We we're kind of making an assumption that young players are going to improve. And of course, sometimes that happens. But maybe we get our imaginations a little carried away in situations where young players flash a little bit because it doesn't always career trajectory is not always a straight straight upward slope. Sometimes you have backslides. Sometimes you know you don't develop the way your a young player hopes you uh, you you hope a young player will. It doesn't always work out the way you're hoping. So Garrett Wilson, I think the hope is right now is that he ascends and becomes from an 1,100-yard receiver to maybe a 1,500, 1,600-yard receiver, a guy who becomes an all-pro, maybe a top-10, top-5 receiver. And with Aaron Rodgers as quarterback, it, it's conceivable. It's not something that's impossible. Because the other thing you have to remember is Garrett Wilson got 1,100 yards with arguably the worst quarterback play in the NFL in 2022. And it's, I mean, if it wasn't the worst, it, it was close. When you're talking about Zach Wilson and Joe Flacco, 
I mean, Mike White was the best quarterback the Jets had in 2022. That, that's where things were. And Garrett Wilson, you know, he's already good. You know, we're, not, we're not hoping to extrapolate a, a few good plays out of Garrett Wilson. We're not hoping to take a few good games and say maybe he'll do that over the course of the full season. Garrett Wilson's already done it over the course of the full season. He's a proven player. And that means that the floor with him is quite a bit higher than it was with Elijah Moore a year ago or Denzel Mims two years ago. But there are some open questions. There are questions about chemistry. I think that's something that will need to be developed. Now, when we're talking about the Aaron Rodgers trade, I think there's a lot of concern in the Jets fan base, and I understand it to a degree because you want to get Aaron Rodgers in here as soon as possible, mainly in part because, you know, the longer this goes on, the longer something could go wrong, another team could get involved, Rodgers could change his mind. So you just want him locked up. I, I understand that. I don't think it's that big of a deal right now from a couple standpoints. First of all, uh, Rodgers knows the offense. You know, he he knows he knows Nathaniel Hackett well. He knows he knows the offense better than anybody on the Jets right now knows the offense. So that's not really uh, aside from maybe Allen Lazard, but you know, that's not an issue. That could be an issue with, in another situation when you're bringing in a quarterback. It's not an issue here. Rodgers probably not showing up to the OTAs. He's not going to come to the offseason program. That's just not where he doesn't want to do it anymore at this point in his career. In a way, that could also be, almost be good for the Jets because I have a feeling there's gonna there would be like this media freakout if he didn't show up to OTAs, and I, I don't I don't want to dismiss it because I mean you're getting sixty if you have a sixty million dollar big name quarterback you just acquire I do think that there's an element that you would like to see him at OTAs, but the reaction probably would be disproportionate to the reality of the situation. So by delaying it, now you have an excuse for Rodgers is not at OTAs. So that you know that's another. Another factor that comes into play here. But at the end of the day, you know, you don't need Rodgers in hand until training camp, really. I mean, to be honest with you, if you, if they don't make the trade until summer, it's not a bit. I don't think it will wait that long, but I don't think that much is gained by trading, trading for him now versus trading for him in summer. The reason you'd like to see it happen now is that you, you eliminate the possibility of something going wrong. Because the long again, the longer he's out there, the the longer you have something that could go, that could change the the course of what's happening here. But if you get Rodgers and, and and Wilson together for training camp, then you know you'd hope that they they will develop chemistry. You'll hope that Wilson will you know learn Rodgers' the signals Rodgers makes, what Rodgers expects in his receiver. And if he does that, you know when you add it to his route running ability, his ability to get open. Also, you know one thing I don't think the Jets utilized enough his ability to to make plays when he's got it, the ball. You know he he is he is tough to bring down because he he changes directions so effortlessly. There's a lot Garrett Wilson brings to the table, and you think Aaron Rodgers will like him quite a bit. Now, of course, there's also the possibility that the chemistry won't be there. There's the possibility, you know, and I have to bring this up because it's the other side of the story. The possibility that along with Alan Lazard, you bring in some other Aaron Rodgers friends, and maybe he targets them a little bit more than he targets Garrett Wilson, or he should target Garrett Wilson. That's the other side of this, but. If you look at this, I mean, I think looking at this objectively, and I, I, I always try to be objective with the Jets, and sometimes it brings brings out negative analysis, sometimes it brings out some pessimistic analysis. I always like to think I'm, I'm trying to be realistic, but you know, you never you're never right a hundred percent of the time. If you have a receiver who his rookie year put up 1,100 yards with the worst quarterback play in the league, and you give him Aaron, even an Aaron Rodgers in decline, you would think that it could help take Garrett Wilson to the next level and give. The Jets, maybe that elite number one receiver that they've lacked, pretty much, I mean, outside of the one year with Brandon Marshall for decades, I mean, the, Jets, the Brandon Marshall 2015 was really the only time the Jets had that guy 
And if you want to go back to Keyshawn, maybe, I guess you could argue it, but it's been a really long time since the Jets had that kind of guy. And Garrett Wilson projects to be that guy. You'd think Aaron Rodgers is going to help him out on that path. Now, ahead here on the Lockdown Jets podcast, we'll close out our Tuesday episode. We're going to move our attention to the running back position. What can Aaron Rodgers do for Brees Hall? Well, I'll give you a few thoughts ahead here on this Tuesday episode of the Lockdown Jets podcast. This episode of Lockdown Jets is brought to you by Built Bar. You know, it's been a really quiet offseason so far for the Jets. I know there's a lot of Aaron Rodgers talk, but he's he has not joined the team yet. And they really have not made many other moves. Well, while you wait, you should try a delicious Built Bar. And, of course, it's March Madness time, and the Built March Madness bracket is here. We know you have a favorite bar or puff, and now's the time to make it count. So go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. I mean, there are so many delicious flavors. I can't choose one. So you tell me which one you like. Support your team in March Madness and support your bar or puff. And when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you will be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky Locked On fans will get a free box of Built. Not only that, but one Locked On fan will win a 12-month subscription to have Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. You've got to try Built, the best protein bar ever. They're so amazing that you'll think that they're good for you. What makes these bars and puffs so good? Well, for starters, they're all high in protein, low in sugar, and covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. So go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March, so hop in and support your pick. This is the Locked On Jets podcast here on this Tuesday. We're talking about the Aaron Rodgers effect with young players the Jets have on offense. I want to finish by talking about Brees Hall. And I think Aaron Rodgers can help Brees Hall out in a couple of ways. The first is that This offense became a very Brees Hall-centric offense before he went down in an injury against the Denver Broncos. Now, after that, it shifted to Garrett Wilson. So perhaps Brees would have had less on his plate. But there's always I think there's always a temptation when you have a guy who performed at the level Brees did last year to maybe ask too much for him coming off a big injury because I mean you could see what a playmaker he had become at the around the midway point of last season. He was one of the few running backs in the NFL you could build your offense around, and I think that the temptation probably will be less with Aaron Rodgers around because any, I think any, any offense where you have Aaron Rodgers, well, it's going to be an Aaron Rodgers-focused offense. It's going to be an offense based on the passing game. It's going to be an offense that will run likely through Garrett Wilson. You know, we'll see what we get out of Elijah Moore, but it's not going to be, there's not going to be as much on Brees Hall. And I think that that's important for Brees because, again, he's coming off a serious knee injury. And I think one of the things you've learned, especially with running backs coming off these serious injuries, and, you know, I'm not a doctor, but... You've seen it, like, you could be healthy enough to play, the knee can be healed, but it just, sometimes it takes more than a year to get that explosion back. And I think that, you know, maybe we should temper our expectations right out of the gate with Brees. I'm not saying Brees can't get back to the dynamic back he was uh, last October, but I'm not sure it's necessarily going to happen immediately. I would love for it to happen immediately. It could happen immediately, but, you know, we don't know where Brees is going to be. And, you know, the rest of the running back position for the Jets last year, frankly, was disappointing. Heading into last season, it looked like an area of great depth. And, you know, that included, even after Brees went down, the trade for James Robinson, who was a complete disappointment. Jets actually Jets actually just got rid of him a few weeks ago, even though they could have brought him back pretty cheaply because Robinson really brought nothing to the table. Bam Knight, you know, had a few good games early on, but then, you know, kind of faded into the background. You know, this run game was, you know, the, you don't have the depth that maybe you were hoping for. Maybe a year ago you thought the Jets Jets had good depth at running back. I'm not so sure about it now after the year Michael Carter had. 
So I think all of this would lead to a temptation to maybe overuse Brees a bit. But with Rodgers in hand, I think it's a little bit easier to ease Brees back in, limit his carries, lower your expectations of what he's going to bring, what you need from him. So I think from that standpoint, Rodgers will help. And obviously, you know, beyond that, I mean, I, you know, I hate it when people use the, the term loaded boxes because I think it's overused. But, you know, the way the Jets offense was going, you know, especially that those Green Bay, Miami, Denver games last October, the way the offense was going, you know, the Jets were going to be one of those teams that was going to frequently face the extra safety in the box, you know, teams selling out to stop the run. That's not going to happen now with Aaron Rodgers in the mix. It's going to be a little bit easier for Brees to run. I think the, the running lanes will be less congested, and that's the type of thing that will make it that will make life easier on him. And of course, if teams do start do start to commit to stopping the run, well, then you've got a quarterback, and you have at least one wide receiver who can make him pay for it. You get one on ones on the outside against most teams. You know, there's obviously some teams that have a great cover corner out there, but most teams don't. And if you get those one on ones you're looking for with Garrett Wilson. And you could actually hit them on, like, the you know, last year the Jets really could not hit the one-on-ones because of their quarterback's play. But if you get Garrett Wilson one-on-one against your, against the corner because they're selling out to stop the run, you know, I like the Jets' chances. So, in a way, you know, even though the, even though Rodgers is a thrower, Brees is a runner, I think it could be beneficial for, for the young back as the Jets move forward. You know, and uh, this is assuming they get him. You know, we're, we're, we'll keep talking about it until the Jets actually make the trade. Maybe it'll be this week. Well, maybe it won't. I don't know. We'll see. But that's all for today's episode. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day is our motto. As always, if you enjoy the show, hit the subscribe button where you're watching or listening so that you'll never miss an episode. If you enjoy the show and uh, are listening on a podcast source, please give it a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube, please give a big thumbs up. These things help the podcast out and help other Jets fans find Locked On Jets. Have a great Tuesday, everybody. Send in your mailbag questions. Tomorrow we are going to do our weekly mailbag.